0: Hello club members I'm Kate and I'm Ariana and welcome back to another exciting mini sode. today I'm in charge and Ariana actually knows what I'm going to talk about today so before I get into that if you're new to mini sodes, this is where we have like our hot tea our glass of rosé depending on the time of day obviously breakfast gotta have my breakfast rosé And we just like (laughs) sit and talk about things that are interesting to us that are either horror related or paranormal or something in that realm. Uh, And today I'm going to be apparently teaching Ariana who didn't know about Miss Cleo and teaching everybody about Miss Cleo.
1: Yeah, Miss Cleo. I had never heard of this person, but Kate made me watch a YouTube video right before this. <laughs>
0: so I just showed Ariana. <laughs> I, I'm going to play. A, I'm playing a soundbite at the beginning of the episode um, that includes stuff from that video I sent you. So people who aren't familiar, but you really. So Miss Cleo um, was, as Ariana has seen of, uh, how do I, Ariana, do are you familiar with like 1-800 numbers and 1-900 numbers from like the 90s and the
1: early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. I think I I remember those commercials from back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you had a television set in the 90s and you, like for me, I didn't have cable growing up, so I didn't know about Miss Cleo, but I would stay over at my friend's house for sleepovers. Oh, and the TV would always like, it, I don't know, I guess it's like a rule at sleepovers, or maybe I'm just like the only person that doesn't do this, but you just keep the TV on <laughs> and it yeah. just like goes. And so you wake up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. to like infomercials. And Miss Cleo was a really, really big one. And so for our Gen Z club members, let me just explain what a 1-800 number is, or like a 1-900 <laughs> number is. So these were a really big thing. You have to remember, this was like the 90s and early 2000s. So we didn't have just like internet. Like we couldn't just look things up. If you want to look something up, you got to go to the – um like library and like look things up but these 1-800 numbers you would see these infomercials on the tv or these commercials on the tv and it would be like call this number for you know getting information on weather um there was like a fantasy football hotline oh i didn't know about that oh yeah like there were joke hotlines where it's like call this number and like we'll tell you a joke or like they had so yeah yeah, i can't believe yeah they had a celebrity you didn't know about like the celebrity hotlines like like all like the pop stars and like like heartthrob celebrities would have hotlines. It's like call me now, and you can. I'll tell you about my day. And they have these like pre-recorded messages. I had so you could no be like,
1: idea this existed.
0: Ah, you should look up the Hulk Hogan one. He had a hotline. <gasps> what? Be like call now, and like you would call, and it would be like a. He would have to. He would have like a different recording every day, and you'd like hear like a recording from Hulk Hogan. Oh. Um, or like Will Smith had one. You could what? stream music. You back, back before music streaming, you would call and like you would listen to songs. Oh my god. Yeah. So th- why did these exist? Um, because one, we didn't have information. So that's how we got information. But two, they charged by the minute.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. And So you would okay. call
0: on your landline, call like 1-800-1900-whatever, whatever was on the screen, and for your fantasy football or your joke hotlines, and then you get charged by the minute and you get a bill that went to your, like your, a phone bill.
1: Whoa, I didn't know this existed, but it seems like a really good idea.
0: It was uh, by the t- by like 1991, the nine the one nine hundred number business was pulling in nine hundred seventy five million a year.
1: Oh my god! That's in nineties dollars. Geez, <laughs> how long did this exist? What like five um, years, ten years? Late eighty?
0: 80- no, 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 no! Like over a decade.
1: Wow, I've never heard of them.
0: Yeah, well, like they would be on like late at night. Usually, it would be like mm. once all the television, all all the television programming is over, and then like from nine o'clock. 9 p.m. to like 4 a.m. or whatever it would be wow acne commercials
1: and uh yeah the proactive infomercials proactive that's what I was trying to say till the (laughs) nick Avril Lavigne rocks harder than that's what I said I was like the ones (laughs) with Avril
0: Lavigne (sighs) (sighs) yeah the proactive commercials um but yeah so anyway back to Miss Cleo another one of those hotlines were psychic hotlines oh my god I love this which were really really popular extremely popular and so I'm
1: sure they were
0: yeah and so you would you would you would have like uh, they would have hotlines and like these associated late night um commercials or shows the people would be doing tarot readings on uh, tv yeah so people would call in and they would be able to like get their fortune told or whatever
1: that makes total sense like who else needs their fortune told more than someone up at 2 a.m.?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think about, like, th- and, and hold on to that thought because you're thinking about something that's going to show up soon. Because this episode, this mini minisode, I'm going to talk about Miss Cleo specifically, about psychic, these psychic television networks. But more specifically, I want to talk about Miss Cleo because there was a lot of uh, accusations and lawsuits oh. <gasps> around this service about what though? That's crazy. So let so let's talk about it, yeah. So Miss Cleo, you saw you saw the infomercial. um yeah. she was she was the number one telepsychic of the '90s. Um, and she considered herself like a voodoo priestess, is what she would call herself. <laughs> okay. With genuine psychic and parapsychic abilities, and I love it. She was the best. She was the coolest. So I can't believe you had never seen her, Ariana. No,
1: I didn't even know any of these infomercial things existed. I don't know why.
0: Oh my gosh, they totally existed in a big way i i remember seeing miss cleo on like late at night and like really wanting to call
1: wow do you think it was a regional thing because Mm-mm. you were in Mm-mm. mississippi okay okay this miss cleo was based in florida Oh, of course she was
0: oh yeah we're gonna get to the florida lawsuit <laughs> real soon all right <laughs> yes. so miss cleo um she was the best she was this like amazonian goddess um she was like really tall and she had this like warm inviting presence and these paranormal abilities um, and at the time, uh, a convincing Jamaican accent. <laughs> if you were. Oh, no. If you listen to that infomercial um, in, in today's time where we like have more representation of like black women and like Caribbean mm. women, you listen, you're like, that's not a that's not a real. <laughs> yeah, that's not a real um, Jamaican accent.
1: Was it supposed to be Jamaican or Creole? Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it was definitely supposed to be Jamaican. OK, OK. Um, and like she had she had me convinced because. Back in the 90s, you have to remember, like we didn't have there was extremely little little representation of like black women, let alone Jamaican women. So ignorant little white kids like me and people who are watching the show, (laughs) it didn't come across as like this fake appropriated accent. Yeah, it felt very warm, very inviting, very mystical. And she was funny. She was fun. She was very charismatic and funny. People would call into her show. Um, She claimed she could speak to the dead and to spirits. She could read energies. And she would speak to people's dead relatives and stuff. Like she appeared to know very deep, personal, detailed things about people's lives yeah her godson this was a cool story I heard her godson's friend came over to visit with them and she read his tarot and said you're gonna go numb on the left side of your body what and then he had a stroke two weeks later and was temporarily (gasps) paralyzed on the left side of his body whoa he was like so
1: stressed by that tarot reading that he like threw a clock
0: (laughs) he threw a clock way to go miss Cleo But people really, really bought into it, and like, keep in mind, like, she was very popular, very famous, um, the number one psychic hotline, and at the there's a number at the bottom of the screen the whole time saying, "Call me now." That was her whole thing. Call me now, and the first three minutes <laughs> are free, and then it's $4.99 a minute. Oh shit, that's expensive. That's $4.99 a minute. She'll just ramble. So, and here's the thing, that's again, that's $4.99 a minute, but you're not getting Miss Cleo, right? Obviously, you're not going to get Miss Cleo. Oh. Uh, because she's busy, right? But you expect to, right? You expect to call in and be talking to this voodoo priestess. Um, You're not, but we'll get there. We'll get to the fake readings in a minute. Oh, okay. So we're not going to talk about that yet. I'm not going to get there. We're going to talk about the origins of Miss Cleo's show. So as some of you might have guessed, since we were talking about her accent and we played her accent, uh, Miss Cleo was not 100% authentic. Um, that's not that surprising right Mm. not actually named Cleo (laughs) no Uh, her although that's a great name her real name or her birth name I should say is Uray Harris oh
1: that's good
0: yeah it's a good name right I like that Uray Harris I kind of like
1: that better than Cleo I yeah I do like it better than Cleo actually
0: (laughs) I like them both they're different um but yeah and the long story is she might not actually be Jamaican at all surprise surprise But may, like, it's like maybe, but maybe not. So she has a lot of, like she's met a lot of people in her life that are just like in these, these random points of her life, but we don't have like a cohesive story for like exactly truthfully like where she came from. Because she was known to say things that might not have been fully true. And- No way. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> at one point, um, so back whenever she actually lived in Seattle and she met a lot of people in Seattle, this is pre Miss Cleo. Um, and she, because she wrote and directed and acted in a play for a local theater, for Lincoln's. Oh, theater. really? Yeah, and wow. she did not have an accent at all. So all these people hmm. are like, she did not have an accent. She spoke just like a normal American accent, and then she kind of up and left the production, and might have like left with people's pay. It's kind of fuzzy. She just kind of disappeared. Wait, what do you mean? So
1: like the... Sh- Left with people's yeah, pay? Yeah, so like the
0: show ended and she was... It's like a very small production and she was kind of in charge of the production. And then she sort of kind of skipped <gasps> town.
1: Oh, and without paying people? Yeah,
0: I think that... No, I don't oh, think damn. it was like no one got paid anything. I think that she just kind of... I'm not exactly sure. I think that like their final paycheck they didn't get or something like that. They, anyway, they were pissed off something about something. Something sketchy went down. It was something kind of sketchy. And then she just sort of disappeared and no one ever saw her again mm. um
1: except for when everyone saw exactly
0: her late night exactly television. until all these people see her on the tv and they're like is that fucking you ray harris with this doing oh this God. jamaican character like what is that yeah and so and so they're like this is like they're calling it cringe and like culture appropriation and all that stuff but like it's not ultimately
1: not that surprising right yeah i mean we all suspected this was a character
0: right 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 but it gets um it has a twist it's a little different than you might think so she has this commercialized persona as a psychic but she's still really believing what she's saying Mm, so in what way we'll get there so anyway (laughs) in the late 90s television psychics are at their peak and so Yure is working for this television network that hosts this psychic show and their psychic quit and so they needed a replacement psychic and she shows up she has this she's like i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it the way i want to do it and that's just how it's gonna be and she shows up she has this new persona she is this jamaican shaman she is just a completely different person and she shows up to make make to does this show she has a new name and she absolutely crushes it like people love miss cleo she's changing people's lives on this show like people are calling in um asking like getting like closure on dead relatives but they're also calling in and being like miss cleo use your tarot cards to figure out who my baby daddy is you know what i mean so it's like
1: oh my god yes it's
0: super fun and she's doing really really well but back to what we were talking about because ariana we were talking about like the 1 800 numbers the 1 900 numbers you never called one of those numbers right
1: no i don't think so i didn't even know they existed until you that's told so me that's so wild that. yeah
0: I never got to call them because my parents didn't have cable, but I would fantasize it, fantasize about it when I would go to my friend's house and Miss Cleo would come on, and I would be like, "Oh my god, I really want to call Miss Cleo. That's so fun!" Wow, um, wow. So this is like how it works. So if you if you guys have ever called a one eight hundred number or a one nine hundred number, you know how it goes. But basically, you're sitting on the couch, you see Miss Cleo on the screen, <laughs> you reach over for your landline because <laughs> it's back on oh. the landline, and then you call the number on the screen, and then. What you hear is, welcome to the Psychic Readers Network. Thank you for calling. I'm so-and-so, and I'm here to give you your very own personalized tarot reading. So let's begin. And hmm. it's not Miss Cleo. Hmm. It's, com- they're not even actually psychics.
1: Well, yeah, I mean.
0: Well, we there are some real psychics out there, right? Or people who really believe it.
1: Yeah, but I don't think they work for a 1-800 number. Maybe they do, exactly, I
0: don't know. Exactly, exactly. So... <laughs> So they hire, what happens is this company, Miss Cleo, is very successful. So the network starts going out and literally just putting bulletins out, trying to just saying, like, hey, are you a psychic? Okay, cool. Like, here, like, write your name and your number and come to this call center. (laughs) Oh, dang. So they just, it's just a bunch of telephone psychics. And there's no screening whatsoever. They just put out, like, newspaper ads. And if you were Jamaican, you didn't have to be a psychic. They would just hire
1: you. Oh, my God. Right.
0: For your uh,
1: accent. Or you could fake an accent.
0: I don't know if the network is going to, like, encourage people to. T- you know what? Actually, yes, this network absolutely would. But they did. I was going to this- say,
1: how would they know? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's truly. It's on the phone.
0: And. Yeah, so they hired just a bunch of Jamaican people and then a couple of psychics. And it's literally a call center. They have no training. They're paid pennies. These people get 18 cents a minute. Oh. Nothing. 18 cents a minute. Remember how much this shit costs, okay? Because they say it a lot in the infomercial. The first three minutes are free because that's how they get you. They're like, get a free
1: tarot reading. Then it's four ninety nine a minute. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, yeah, and the people were only getting paid 18 cents of that? 18 cents. What does that translate to per hour, I'm wondering.
0: You know, it depends. It really depends. Um because their whole shtick is to keep people on the phone. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So they have a script
1: to keep people on the phone?
0: Yes. So the oh, script God. had what co- what quote-unquote tarot cards they're pulling like oh my whenever God. they're doing the reading. Right, and like, oh my gosh, listen, I know I'm naive, I didn't expect them to actually be like psychics, but they don't even pull cards. Like
1: They don't even pull cards. Do you think it's the same tarot cards every time and they just like make it fit, whatever? That probably I think, makes sense.
0: I think they have a script based on what the kind of the person is going for.
1: Sure. That makes sense.
0: So like there was like there they would have like lines in the script that would be like, okay, now here you need to come across more sincere. It would literally say in like parentheses, like be sincere here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that's like vet school communication class like
0: yeah show empathy now yeah, yeah show empathy here yeah that's exactly it. for y'all that don't know in vet school we have to take um communication classes to learn how to like talk to clients and that's exactly what it feels like
1: Yeah, it's like there are literally like scripted things that I remember them being like, this is a good way to show empathy. And it's like, oh, my God, why are you having to tell us this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is how to pretend that you
1: have emotions. Yeah, I will say I've used those lines, though, many times.
0: Oh, of course. I will say I got, um, so I consider myself like uh, too empathetic, like way too empathetic.
1: Oh, yeah, we know, Kate.
0: Yeah, dangerously. (laughs) But whenever I took, because we guys, we had to take like a like a test sort of for client communication where they have these uh, medical actors uh, that work for like local um, uh, med schools around here and they would come to the vet school and they would pretend to be clients. Do you remember this?
1: Yes, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) They would pretend to be clients and I got poor marks on my simulation (laughs) for empathy. Wait, did
1: you? (laughs) Too much empathy? They were like, dial it back.
0: (laughs) They're like, calm down. No, for not being (laughs) empathetic enough.
1: There's no way.
0: I swear but it wasn't my fault it was like the actor came in and the scenario was this cat has like severe stomatitis which is like really really bad inflammation of their gums it's extremely painful and I'm trying to explain to this owner like he needs to either like find the money to extract all of the teeth or get or whatever or the scenario ultimately is this guy has no funds and I have to talk him through euthanasia of his cat
1: Oh, because of the... Oh, God.
0: Because... Right. But the cat in question is a stuffed animal that's smiling. (laughs) And it's in a carrier. I remember
1: this. It's so fucking creepy.
0: And I could not do it. And, like, the man... (laughs) Like, the the actor is so good. And he's, like, sobbing in front of me. And I just, like, glance over. And there's, like, this smiling cat in a carrier. And I'm like... You're like, uh... uh." Your cat's a stuffed
1: animal. Did you know that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't... I can't do it. But yeah, they did the same thing. They did. The oh same my thing. God.
1: So, Kate, did I tell you about, this is another tangent. So about vet school, but for one of my interviews, I'm not going to say which, cause I actually signed a thing saying I wouldn't tell anyone what the interview entailed, but
0: It was like a multiple
1: mini interview for one of the vet schools and Mm -hmm. literally one of the interviews was just like a room with just like a crying person (gasps) and like a camera and you walk in and it's an actor that's just crying and you literally just have to like talk to them and like interact with them and find out why they're crying and comfort them and there's like a video camera and then they like review the footage and that's part of your interview. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's a really good idea. (laughs) It is a good idea, but it's also like, they didn't holy prep fuck, because you? you don't know if it's real or not. Because you just walk into a room, it's completely empty, except for one crying person. Okay, that's a bit much. Like It's but, like fucking crazy.
0: In real life, someone has told you, hey, Dr. So-and-so, there's a sobbing woman in exam room, too.
1: Like, you don't just, like, walk into a room like, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> also, during an interview, because you're like, is this part of the interview? And then you see the camera, and you're like, this is fucked up. They didn't tell you that you were going to be filmed or anything? No, I told you. So it's a multiple interview, which means there's a long hallway. There's yeah. like probably like 30 rooms. You go into a room and it's like a different task or activity and you get graded on each one. And then it's your cumulative score. And this was one of the tasks was just like, them watching you someone fucking comfort someone and it wasn't even animal related I think like the <gasps> scenario was like someone just died like one of her someone she oh my her. god I can't even remember but it was so fucking crazy I was like so you just Ugh. walk
0: in and there's just a stranger sobbing yes about uh, not vet med
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and you're like in your like interview outfit <laughs> and you're like
1: oh like what's wrong and then they're like Meh. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, I mean, it's it's a good thing to have for vet med because it is so you. crazy. But, oh, my God. Anyway, sorry yeah. to get off topic. But. I definitely comforted <laughs> at least three sobbing people today at work. So, <laughs> A good skill. I mean, it's easy to skill. do. Like, you get practice over the same stuff over and over. But I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's a different type of empathy in vet med than it is in just your normal daily life. Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, these the psychics had to do that too because people would call. I'll you know what I'll get to the people who are calling actually in a minute. I'll I was going to say them. I'm
1: sure their shit's so emotionally draining. Like you're like comforting these people who are calling mm-hmm. in at like one a.m. two a.m. You know those people are like in some sort of fucking mm-hmm. emotional state. You hit the nail right on the head because oh, like God. and like so these people they're like
0: their whole goal is they are being told by this network you need to keep people on the phone for as long as you can. 18 minutes was their goal that they would give people.
1: Oh, that's pretty reasonable. That's so
0: much fucking money. How much is it? So, in today's money, like that's
1: $335. Oh, fuck. For its one tarot reading that's scripted. For one tarot reading. Holy fuck. That's terrible. And you
0: and like the the and the thing is, this is on your landline, right? So it's not like people aren't counting the minutes sure
1: yeah <laughs> they're just yeah.
0: talking to someone and they're talking to someone who is trying to keep them on the phone and so and so people Ugh. are have found to be successful in this psychic call center business you there's a lot of fake voices people are using female voices because they find that female voices are doing better and making more money um they're doing breathy voices cuz people like listening to that oh hello hi yes this is madam gumbo i don't know that's my that's my brother's (laughs) drag name (laughs) madam gumbo (laughs) that's my brother's drag name that's the person i could think of this is madam gumbo i'm here to give you a tarot reading how are you doing today and then that would keep people on the phone longer when really it's like some 35 year old dude in like new york oh damn it's like
1: catfishing yeah before catfishing and if you
0: ask for Miss Cleo, because what I was thinking is if I would like as a child, I'd be like, where's Miss Cleo? Yeah. And they would have to like pretend like they were looking for her in the building. And they'd be like, oh, she's
1: around here. And they'd like,
0: hey, have you seen Miss Cleo?
1: And like waste time. These people and are like hemorrhaging time. money.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And take a long time doing it. And then they would make up like some excuse like, oh, she just left or oh, she's on a uh, doing another reading or something like that.
1: Mm. Sketchy. And that kind of sketchy I have so many questions though like who are the people who are actually recorded talking Miss Cleo that's exactly so um
0: these the people these people are not psychics right we've made that very clear so how is this a multi this is like a billion dollar industry I'm sure it is fucking three hundred dollars for 18 minutes that's insane yes because people are just you just like what you said if you think about the people who are calling into this network they're just happy to talk to someone about their lives. That's so sad. Yeah. It's a lot of depressed people, anxious, desperate
1: people. Yeah. And a lot of emotionally vulnerable people. Damn. That's yeah. really ugly that they would take advantage of these people. It's really ugly. And a lot of,
0: you know, quote unquote, psychics started to question their jobs ethically. I'm sure. Because of the kind of calls. Yeah. They're getting these calls that these are really people who need to be calling like depression hotlines and like yeah. suicide hotlines. And instead they're getting charged $5 a minute Ugh. to talk Yikes. to someone who's doing an absolute fake persona and a fake reading. Who's literally and reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Damn, that sucks. So this is obviously a very predatory network. Um, and it, it was inevitable that Miss Cleo would become like a scandal because there's, there's inevitably huge backlash because people start getting these ridiculous phone bills because that's Mm. back in the day guys you would just go get a bill (laughs) and it'd be like this is how many minutes you talked oh $800 or whatever um but it wasn't just from people being upset about you know actual bills they were claiming that there was people were getting billed without even calling into the center oh wait really yes and there were Hmm. children who were making calls without parental consent oh yeah I'm sure there was tons of that. <laughs> tons of that. Cause I wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but the phone company would delete the bill whenever the parents would like, um, you know, raise a fuss and be like, my child did that. Like don't take that off my bill. But the psychic readers network would send them to collections. Oh shit. Oh damn. That fucks up your credit. Yeah. It, re- it actually does. It can fuck up your whole life. And like, damn. these are hundreds of dollars. And so yeah. what happens, what ends up happening because this network is located in Florida Of course. Um, Of course. So Florida sues the Psychic Readers Network. Yeah. But not only do they sue the Psychic Readers Network, they sued Miss Cleo directly. Oh,
1: okay. Because she's like the manipulative person behind everything.
0: Well, they were able to get her because they found her signature on a document somewhere. So they were able to um, pull her into the lawsuit, whereas uh, other people who have tried couldn't. And... Hmm. Then they, they were able to like subpoena her birth records and see, like, hey, is this woman who she says she is? They're trying to get all the ammo they can. Like, is she a psychic shaman from Jamaica? Uh, no, like, prove that, like, right. what? <laughs> so, we've established, like, so who is Miss Cleo? Like, who is Miss Cleo? What's going on here? We've established that legally her name is Uray Del Harris. We know that she was in Seattle at one point working with this community theater on this play and she disappeared just as quickly as she appeared only she had money that I think she was supposed to pay the actors. Oops. Oh. We do know
1: she was adopted from a Jamaican mother and she was sent to a boarding school. Oh, damn. Like an American family adopted a Jamaican mother's child? Yes. It was a California
0: okay. family that adopted I think quite a few Caribbean children um, that the mom, it's very, very unclear, but the mom gave up her children so that they could be in America and have better education specifically. Sure. And so she was part of basically like a big foster home, sort of. I think it was like 10 kids.
1: Hmm. And
0: uh, she went to a boarding school and the rest is kind of a mystery.
1: Wow. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, she is a TV personality and it sounds like she did take advantage of some people but it's probably the network that's to blame but I don't know it seems like she made a pretty good living for herself
0: (laughs) you would think so right you would really think so um she didn't oh really guess how much she made on her first infomercial go ahead and guess on her first infomercial Mm -hmm, which was huge which made that they made made that company literally millions okay okay
1: um 40 grand
0: one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars
1: Wow. When you say the first infomercial, you mean like the entire time it was running or like one night? The first one that they, that they produced that they ran a lot. Oh, like they ran the recording of it over and over. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Gotcha. So Weird. that's, 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 the, and that's the, the law. It took a lawsuit. It took a
0: lawsuit to figure that out because these people, everyone at this point, just like you are having, are upset and they're like, what the hell is going on? Why would Miss Cleo do this? <laughs> Yeah. And they're coming after her. And it d- takes a lawsuit and a subpoena to find out that she's not taking a big cut of this pie at all. This company is making millions and millions, and she gets less than $2,000. And she also didn't have the right to her own image contractually. Hmm. And keep in mind, like back in the day, they were putting her face on fucking everything. Because at this yeah. point, her name's a brand. So they're not only making money on these scam calls, they're also selling tarot cards with her face on them and board games with her face on them. And she's not getting a dime of that. Wow. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, it fucking sucks. And she also gets a shit salary and then zero benefits. She didn't have health insurance. Nothing.
1: Sounds like she just has a normal life of an actress. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Right. so So that's what I thought too. I'm like, okay, so she's just an actress that got like, Taken advantage of basically, yeah, scandalized, but she ultimately gets dropped from this lawsuit. But long story short, Miss Cleo is Miss Cleo and she believes what she's selling. Okay, so like to people who know her closely, so people who know her intimately, she's since passed. Um, but oh, really? Yes, she's since passed, but she was beloved by all of her friends who knew her past the Seattle issue right. so in, in Seattle she was Uray Ray Harris and then something happened and then she was Miss Cleo and then there's like her like the life from Miss Cleo onward where she really believed that she was Miss Cleo she called herself I think what was her name like Cleomilly Harris
1: hmm.
0: although she has a history of other aliases she's gone by U Ray Paris she's gone by Uray Ray Cleo Millie Wow. But she truly believes, she says, she claims she's like, no, I am authentically Caribbean. My family is from the Caribbean. And what her friends are alluding to now is it sounds like Miss Cleo might have had a split personality. Really? Like a legitimate split personality.
1: Huh. What was it? What was the split, though? Like the fact that she like would be in character a lot and then was actually not that character? Because I feel like she is from the Caribbean.
0: She is Miss Cleo, quote unquote, like that's the way she appears on screen is how she would act 24 seven. But okay. she also had other personalities. So okay. she had friends whenever she was tired. Um, she would say that she was Max and her roommate would be like, that's a different person. She had a different speech. She had a different way, a different gait. She had different expressions. It was legitimately like weird. Yeah. And on our split episode, we talk about um, dissociative identity disorder, which was previously called like multiple personalities disorder. And what it is, is it's characterized by the presence of two or more distinct personality identities. Mm-hmm. And each may have a different name, personal history, characteristics. And the big takeaway here and what we talk about extensively on that episode is it's usually a reaction to severe trauma.
1: Oh, what happened to her? So
0: it's, it's hard to say, but it's split personalities at its core. Just like it's a survival mechanism from people who've been through really, really bad trauma. So we know through conversations with a lot of her close friends that she had an extremely difficult childhood. Mm, mm-hmm. She told a friend that her first suicidal thought was at the age of seven.
1: Oh wow! Damn.
0: And she was sexually assaulted when she was 11.
1: There it is. I was like, I bet she was yep. friggin' sexually assaulted. She was, and
0: it was someone who had been um trying to kind of pursue her and trap her for a long time, and then eventually trapped her in a room when she was 11.
1: Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like a like a family friend or like a like stalker? A, like a f- a family
0: friend. Ugh! Yikes! Yeah, big yikes. So. All this to say that she, Miss Cleo, is not running this scam. Yeah. And she got treated like absolute shit and became like a national laughingstock over this. And it caused a very severe depressive episode for her that lasted years. Like she wouldn't leave her house.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so all this I just want to make sure everybody out there knows Miss Cleo's did not run this scam and she did not profit off this scam. It was two white dickholes from Florida. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Fucking Florida. Fucking Florida again. Add it again. <laughs> again Steven Feder, I think, or Feder and Peter Stoltz, who were two hmm. super already super rich, powerful Florida business people who were just willfully scamming the general public and treating their employees who were doing all the work like shit.
1: So the usual, we got it. Yeah, the usual, the usual. The usual.
0: So were these guys successfully sued by Florida? That was like a big question I wanted to know. And so kind of, um, they had to shut down the hotline. Oh, really? And they also, yeah, they, they, the lawsuit made them shut down the hotline. And it made them cancel all of their outstanding bills to consumers. Oh, yeah, that's good. A huge relief. And they had to pay a settlement of $5 million. To Florida? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but they had made over a billion with a B. So essentially nothing fucking happened to these guys.
1: Yeah. Isn't that so fucking frustrating? I mean, it is frustrating. It's- no one knows them. Everyone knows Miss Cleo. Yeah. This is just the kind of shit that fucking happens, I feel like. Yes, it
0: is the There's shit so that happens. so many happen. stories like this. These two already rich guys from Florida take this extremely vulnerable, traumatized woman... And used her expertise and personality to scam vulnerable people everywhere out of a billion dollars. And nothing happened to them. Except for everything happened to Miss Cleo. She was just demonized and became a recluse and like wouldn't leave the house. And she was literally not involved with what this agency did.
1: Yeah. I feel like that happens frequently with celebrities. It's really sad. Like, Yeah. I mean, when they get super famous and then the public turns on them for one reason or another, it's just like, oh my god, I can only imagine. That's why so many overdoses.
0: Yes, exactly. This poor woman, like, even though her story does not add up and is incomplete. She really believes she is who she says she is and people who have known her for decades after this incident and before this incident know her and knew her as Yurei Cleomilly. And she went through this huge depression but her friends were able to help her out of it and she became a public she would publicly advocate in Florida for gay rights.
1: Oh, was she queer?
0: Yes, she was. She came out ah. she came out as gay in her sixties when she fell uh like deeply in love, um, with this with this woman.
1: Oh, and that's nice. She
0: had a godson, um, who she took to her first to his first pride march. Oh. and he came out as gay and then that inspired her and he encouraged her to come out publicly as gay. Oh wow. Yeah. So damn super sweet. And so she had this deep love with her partner um as miss cleo and she wasn't faking that oh really and she was yes all of this is as miss cleo all of this decades the relationship she has a godson you know like she has so many close people in her life and this is in i think she lives in or la or around la so you know people don't have a lot of exposure to like jamaican people but like these people really think she's jamaican or at the least they think that she thinks she's jamaican
1: i mean she's jamaican I, she was born in jamaica so she is jamaican right exactly her accent isn't she just grew up in america
0: yeah she grew up in america but that's sure. what she connects to and that's what that's the personality she chose to be so okay. kind of like who are we to judge that
1: yeah no i agree completely hmm yeah you do you
0: you do you. So ultimately, Miss Cleo was not a scam artist. She was a wonderful woman who had deep-seated trauma and created this outlet or persona that had a positive impact on a lot of people.
1: Oh, that's nice, but also terrible. It's nice, but
0: terrible. Yeah, because she like she ended up uh, getting metastatic cancer Aww. and she passed away in hospice not that long ago. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. but she was a performer definitely a performer but she was a beautiful person she had a tremendous impact on the world um an impact yeah. on family and friends and an impact on the people who watched her readings um and an impact on me I really look up to look up to her a lot <laughs> as someone who loves witchy shit and loves queer shit and advocating for the underdog i don't know i just really really have mad respect for her and the people who took care of her so
1: oh that's nice
0: that's the story of miss cleo but that's not where we're ending because now is a perfect opportunity to have a queer tarot reading
1: yes <laughs>
0: Yay! <laughs> we're gonna do a queer tarot reading for ariana for you oh god oh god in honor of miss cleo Um, And I'm going to use guys. I don't know if I told you yet, but Ariana got me the best Christmas present ever. It's so (laughs) cute. They're so cute. I keep them on my shelf and I have a clear quartz crystal on top of them. And this is my queer tarot deck that Ariana got me. They're so beautiful. Um, It's a tarot deck a lot like the traditional Rider Waite deck, but Instead of writer weight characters, it's a lot of um, queer people that are, uh, that sat actually for these portraits. And it's just
1: really beautiful. Oh, really, Kate? I didn't know that.
0: Yes, because it was in the little book on the inside where it talks about why they made it because um, these people made this queer tarot deck. It was these two queer women who were very skeptical of tarot and experienced tarot and were like, damn, I wish I had experienced that sooner. And that's extremely like oh. healing. And meditative, and they wanted to spread that love to more queer people <laughs> and make it feel more inclusive. And I gotta say, whenever, cause I do readings all the time with this deck, I love it so much. And I've been practicing, I'm very, very new, I'm not very good at it, but I'm <laughs> practicing. And it really, like, there's like someone on here who has like a colostomy bag, like, oh, really? Yes, and beautiful people of different colors. Um, it's just, it's just an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous deck. And I would love nothing more than to read your tarot in honor of Miss Cleo. Friday the 13th, tarot Oh my gosh, meetings. yes!
1: Oh my God! Yes. Okay,
0: we are also recording this on Friday the 13th. So this is a magical experience. Oh my God, I need a light incense. Hold on.
1: <laughs> the deck is uh, hyped up for Friday the 13th. I can't wait. Oh my wait. God.
0: Now the thing is, I will be cheating
1: because <laughs>
0: I have I know some of the cards. I do not know the majority of the cards by heart, uh, so I am I am going to cheat a little bit, um, but I'm, not, I'm I am going to do an authentic deck cutting.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. So,
0: are you ready, Ariana, for your queer tarot reading? Okay, and this is my this is the courts actually the clear courts that you and I got in Salem uh-huh. from the
1: witch in the woods
0: whenever yeah. you took a witchy hike.
1: I still have mine as well.
0: Yeah. yeah? That makes me so happy. It cleans um, energies because your tarot deck, guys, you don't want to just like leave it willy-nilly because tarot decks can absorb energies. And uh, sometimes there's not good energies. (laughs) And you don't want that going into your readings. And so you can wrap them in a cloth and keep them protected. A lot of people will use like purple silk is very classic or like a tarot bag. I couldn't uh, bring myself to do that because these are so beautiful. So (laughs) I opted instead to use my uh woods charged quartz so it was um a piece of quartz that we got from a witch in Salem that was moon charged we walked through the woods with it and I keep it on top of the deck and I also have my little uh, quartz crystal ball next to it so yes it's protected by quartz it's protected and gorgeous are you ready I'm ready I'm so excited so I'm gonna do a very traditional reading um a very basic reading where it's past present and future so three cards because Ooh. i'm not advanced enough for the bigger spreads <laughs> we'll
1: get there how are you going to cut
0: the deck <laughs>
1: how does this work uh what should i just tell you to stop all right so traditionally the
0: person getting their cards read cuts the deck into thirds but you know Ariana's not here she's in a different state so <laughs> ariana you can see my fingers where yeah. do you want me to stop stop okay where, where it feels right all right yeah Where now? This one. Where do you want me to stop? Stop. Okay. Which deck do you feel most drawn to? The middle one. Past, present. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm flipping over your past card. Ooh! Oh! Oh! Okay. I drew this card the other day. Okay. So Ariana just drew the Ace of Wands. Which let me just show you the art on that because it's gorgeous oh wow isn't it pretty but it's and look at the nails on this so it's, it's a hand that's holding a wand only in the queer deck uh, she has her nails done and it looks fabulous so oh my god yeah isn't that great bright pink but it's, it's upside down it's upside so down oh, I don't no. remember I don't remember what that means so let me just go ahead <laughs> I don't know what this means so we're gonna have to look it up and if you guys are getting into tarot I have a book that I really like that's called The Ultimate Guide to Tarot by Liz Dean I highly recommend it so I know wands is like... Um, so basically, there's um, four suits, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so swords, wands, uh, pentacles, and cups. And so swords are air, and they're like, I think, um, they're the mind. And then wands are associated with fire, with desire. It's more of like the soul. And then pentacles are like of the earth. It's usually like possessions of the body, and... Um, and then cups is, is water, and that's more I feel. It's the heart. Mm. So this is the Ace of Wands, so fire, desire. So the reverse meaning of the Ace of Wands, it shows, and this is your past card, it shows blocks to creative projects, uh, delays to travel. In work, it can mean a project abandoned, postponed. Uh, it usually reveals the, a false start or plans needed a rethink. Whoa, that's crazy. Do you feel like that speaks to you?
1: Um, yeah, I think it does. I think it has to do with probably my job and the fact that I didn't do a residency and I quit after my internship, even though my plan was to do a residency.
0: Oh, yeah. That's interesting. And I, want, I just want to um, emphasize here that reverse cards are not
1: bad. They just have alternate meanings. Right. They're just the opposite of the other side, mm-hmm. which depending on how you apply it to your life, it could just be a neutral thing. Yeah. But yeah. I th- I think that this makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: are you ready for your present card?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, I just turned over the King of Wands. Girl, you're getting some wands today. Oh, damn. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Isn't it gorgeous? Jeez. It's so pretty. Don't worry, guys. I will share uh, photos of the cards. So uh, we're back in wands. You're staying in wands. So all right, it's all about fire and paz- and desire and <laughs> shit like that. So Kate knows go. I'm full of fire. You are you are fire. <laughs> you are the fire. So King of Wands and it's upright. So Sweet. the King of Wands is a person of the world. So that this is a thing. The King of Wands can either be, it can mean a person like an actual person because the major arcana cards tend to Represent people in your life or people who will come into your life. And this is a major arcana card because it's a king. But it doesn't have to be a person. It can also just mean at like an influence, like a more traditional minor arcana. Okay. So, as a person, the King of Wands is a man of the world, and it's likely that he has traveled widely, experienced many cu- cultures, many countries. This person has ideal vocations, including business and management, communication, and marketing. No. This person has wisdom high standards that they apply to themselves and those around them, and strong integrity. Open and self-aware, does not judge other people or on their backgrounds or beliefs. He often learns by listening to people talk about their experiences. As a free spirit, respects others who don't conform. As a potential partner, they are passionate and communicative. Oh, wow. That's as a person. Now, as an influence, the king of wands means that this could be the right time for you to express your ideas and kind of behave like the king. Um, and be the individual that you are. Summon your entrepreneurial spirit. Make a plan. What you propose will be well received. Oh, dang. Yeah. The practical support that you need will be there, but you have to be the initiator. What you do now reflects your truth and don't let perfectionism get in the way of your creativity because what you do is more than good enough.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: So basically, it's as a you card, as you are the king, it means be a free spirit or as an influence, it can mean... I guess be a free spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you do you.
1: <laughs> How do you
0: feel about this card?
1: I don't know. I like it. I feel like I'm coming into a time where I'm about to start traveling a lot. And so I'm yeah. really excited about taking time off and doing more relaxing and decompression from my job. So. I'm excited to experience new cultures and do things and live my life.
0: I love that. And this card <laughs> is predicting the, the, or it's saying that that's going well for you. So that's good. Yeah,
1: it is. It is going well.
0: That's good. Okay. <laughs> this is a good reading.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: The, well, it all hinges on this This bad boy.
1: Oh, God, the future. The future card. Okay, ready? Death. No, I'm just kidding. This is one of my favorite cards. What is it? It's the Fool no,
0: <laughs> this is a really good card. I have this is one it? framed. I have this one framed on my wall. I love it. Oh, that's cute. And it's upright. In this fool in the queer tarot deck is um, presents as female. She looks feminine to me. She's wearing a dress. She has long hair. Um, yeah. In the classic writer weight deck is just a dude. They're always dudes. Um, but. I, this is one of my favorite cards. So it says, it's this woman. She's got her dress with her long bohemian sleeves. She's holding a flower and she's got this little dog next to her. I know. I like the
1: dog. It's cute. Yeah.
0: And the dog is different. They made the dog like a little frou-frou dog in this one. And
1: she's stepping off a cliff. I was going to say, she's about to fucking step off a cliff. She's about to step off a cliff. But you'll also notice there's a rainbow there. Yeah, I like the rainbow. So let me
0: talk about what the fool means. The fool, I can talk actually about this one because I, I know this card intimately. So the fool... Represents taking a step out into the unknown, but with like bravery and ex- excitement. And something's going to change, but it's of your own doing. And it's kind of like stepping into uncertainty, stepping out of your comfort zone, but doing so willfully and with an eagerness for what you're trying to do. Mm, leap of faith. Leap of faith. Exactly. All right. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. Are we going <laughs> to? Are you going to marry me? Are you going to say yes? We're doing it. She said yes.
1: <laughs> Leave a face. And at the, the end pool. of the episode, Kate proposes. And then Kate proposes.
0: <laughs> during this very special episode. Yeah. Oh, this is a good reading. I like that
1: reading. That was good. That was
0: good. It feels like your life is on a good trajectory. And I'm just um, keep it up and
1: stay colorful and keep being a fool. Keep acting a fool. I like the fool that's a good one I I can understand why it's your favorite yeah I can (laughs) I can see why it matches your like life um motto (laughs) yeah (laughs) I should figure out what my tarot card like my soul's tarot card is
0: which one yeah feeds your soul and like speaks to you because like I look at that card and it just like speaks to me like I love it yeah it means so much um, so yeah, like I would, I, you know what, whenever, um, cause we are going to have a little trip guys, me and Ariana and our friend yes. Haley, we're going to have a little trippy trip down to new Orleans, um, and do some more spooky stuff. Yes. And I'm bringing my tarot deck. <gasps> yes.
1: Read tarot. Do you think Haley you, will want to you know, get her tarot read? No.
0: Wait, really? I think she will do it, but I think it'll freak her out.
1: Wait, really? No way. Maybe. Not the Haley I know. She doesn't like anything scary. (laughs) It's not scary. It's fucking tarot. Well, (laughs) I'm going to bring the
0: cards and then you're going to look through them and you're going to see which one speaks to you. But. Okay. I know which one represents Miss Cleo and that is the Empress. She is. She is the Empress and I adore her. And that's what that's where I see her in my tarot deck as the Empress. I hope you guys enjoyed this little long mini episode where I wax poetic about Miss Cleo and like fumble through a tarot reading. I'm still learning. Be
1: nice to me. <laughs> Tarot's fun. But thank you so much for listening. Did you did you like learning about Miss Cleo? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Honestly, I had no idea these 1-800 numbers even existed. I don't know where I was for that part of the 90s yeah, and the 2000s. But it's such a fucking good idea. My mind's blown that that even existed, to be honest.
0: That's you crazy. know, we should start a 1-800 number. We should hire, we should hire some psychics. Should we do this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, are we doing this? You're,
0: you're from Florida. We can.
1: <laughs> you can read uh, their uh, queer tarot. And I'll, I'll talk to them in my breathy voice. <laughs>
0: there we go. Yes,
1: you have a naturally breathy voice. You will do very well. Uh,
0: you know what? I'm not going to lie. You have like the look and like the aesthetic that I would trust you reading.
1: Should and, I like, do the- it? <laughs> yeah, you should absolutely do it. You should absolutely do it. I can't do any accents though. Not even like um I could do a Jersey accent. No one wants to hear that.
0: Perfect. Jersey tarot. Absolutely. <laughs> Jersey
1: <yes>. Tarot.
0: <laughs> I love this idea. I love this so much. And I'm gonna do some uh Cajun Tarot as Madame Gumbo.
1: Yes, Madam Gumbo. I fucking love that name. Madam Gumbo. The way. Tell Austin I'm obsessed with that name. That's so Yeah, it's a good. great name. So
0: that's my brother's drag name. And he gave me my drag name because I got really bored one day and started like playing with my makeup and like we were FaceTiming each other. And I am um Janet Jambalaya. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my god, Janet. Damn it, Janet. Janet Jambalaya.
0: Oh my god, we're gonna get to eat real jambalaya in like gumbo in New Orleans. Oh my god, I'm so excited. It's what so
1: is jambalaya? I guess I'll find out. I literally have it downstairs in my fridge. (laughs) Like I eat it all the time. (laughs) I am picturing something. I don't think it's right, but I guess we'll find out what it is. I
0: guess we'll find out. Oh my God. I'm going to (laughs) make you so fat when we go. I'm so excited. We're going to get some beignets, get some king cake, get some gumbo. We don't eat healthy in the South.
1: (laughs) Uh, Absolutely not. Hopefully they're celebrating Mardi Gras because I'm super stoked.
0: hun. they celebrate Mardi Gras literally the entire month. Yeah. The entire month is Mardi Gras. This will be great. I'm excited. It's going to be nuts. I'm really excited, yeah. too. Well, you guys should stay tuned for our Instagram. We're going to be posting some fun stuff of all the spooky things we have planned. Yeah. Um, but until then, uh, stay queer, stay cool, and stay spoopy.
1: Stay spoopy.